On the Newman Jets Audio Network, this is the JetCast, the official podcast of Newman University Athletics, featuring exclusive interviews with coaches, players, administrators, and more. The JetCast podcast is brought to you by South Central Ceiling and Paving, online at scsealing.com. Mel Hambledon Ford, Pepsi, Eck Agency, Donlinger Construction, Big Corner Creative, Dr. Brennan Lucas and Advanced Orthopedic Associates, Keystone Solid Surfaces, and by Overland Charters, the official transportation provider of Newman University Athletics. Here's the voice of the Newman Jets, Blake Kreps. The Newman Runners are set for their penultimate event of the year, the MIAA Championships, hosted in Kearney on Saturday. A good run there. The Jets could find themselves running to the NCAAs a few weeks after that. Welcome back to the JetCast, the second episode of season number three here. This is episode number 47, and today we are joined by the 22nd-year head coach of Newman Cross Country, Josh Shepis. Coach, good to have you back on the show. Thanks so much. Hello. Thanks for having me. Well, uh, getting back to normal this season, obviously, has kind of been at the forefront of all of you fall sports. You guys were fortunate enough that you did get to have some level of competition last year. It wasn't the full you know, spectrum of what you normally get. It wasn't what you guys wanted, but you were allowed to have some competition What's it been like to get back to more of a normal this year? And how close do you feel like you are to getting back to 100% to how things were maybe in the 2019 season? Yeah, I think we were probably <clears throat> one of the most fortunate programs uh, on campus just because our our season wasn't interrupted very much. At first, we thought we were going to be able to compete, and then we weren't, and then we were going to be allowed to compete as unattached. Uh, and so we did one meet, and then after that, they approved us. So as far as number of meets went, last year we had the same number of meets uh, we just didn't have an NCA regional, but there was a um, like an invitational only meet to the top teams and top individuals that we had four kids qualify for. We went down and, and competed down. That was in, Lubbock Christian, Lubbock, correct? Yeah, in, in Lubbock, Texas. So that was really good for those kids to have a goal to shoot for. But I think it really uh, prepared us for this year because uh, it allowed some of those freshmen that we had to to gain a year of experience running at the 8K level on the men's side. Uh, in the 6K level for the women without using a year of eligibility. So, um, you know, when you look at our roster, all those freshmen from last year are COVID freshmen again. So <laughs> yes, we, they are. we have a very good group of, of freshmen, freshmen men. So uh, that, that was one positive that came out of last year. Would you say that the preparation for this season <clears throat> has been closer to normal? I know that some of the, you know, get to know you team building, team bonding things that maybe you would normally do as, as men and women or maybe even cross-country teams together. Uh, obviously, that would have been restricted last year. But certainly when you're outside and you can run, uh, you can still get the miles in. How would you feel this year compares to last year in terms of getting ready for the season? Yeah, it, it's really tough, at least in, <coughs> excuse me, you know, in, in other sports you can go and, you know, you can play golf or whatever to get ready or you can play tennis with a friend or something. And you can run to prepare. But as far as the team goes, when you have kids from El Durant, Kenya and uh, Dodge City, Kansas and Amarillo, Texas, uh, it, it's kind of tough to get together and run. But the ones that were close together here in town, uh, they ran and, and I sent out <clears throat> a list of local kids, the ones that are here. And so the freshmen that were incoming, um, like Asher Brown and Braden Rohr, uh, they were able to come and run with some of the returners in the summer before we even had a day of practice. They were doing that in June. 
in July. So the first day of practice, we didn't have to do any introductions, sure, uh, because they they knew each other through through some of those. So that was that was a good thing um, that that we kind of we kind of made sure that we had a, a leg up on before we got the season started with Caroline Williams, a sophomore off the women's team will be joining us here in segment number two. So stay tuned for that. And we'll also be joined by Shella Augsburger, the director of tennis on this episode of the Jack Castle. Stay tuned for all of that coming up here in a few minutes. Last time out for you was at the Fort Hayes state university tiger open on Saturday, October 9th. How do you feel that the jets were able to perform at that event? Very well. We had <clears throat> three men run uh, career best times. Um, that was Asher Brown and Austin uh, Fullerton and Braden Rohr. So those three men ran uh, their best, fastest times ever. And, and at the end of the day, when you line up and the gun goes off, all you want is to run as fast as you've ever run before. Sure. And and that was able to, to happen for them. And then there was three other men that ran <clears throat> their fastest times of the season. So that showed some progression. Um on the women's side, we had a couple women that were very close to their, their fastest times of the year, but uh, we've been dealing with so many injuries on, on the women's side that getting a women's team to the line and, and actually competing and, and finishing the race and, and having decent times for that race was, was just a, a minor miracle in and of itself. But, but the ladies have done a great job of continuing to work hard and push hard, even though their numbers are down and you know, the, the top couple runners have been injured. Um, but their attitude has still been really good and, and coming and working hard every day. And that's the good thing about cross country is everybody gets to play. There's no playing time. And you can judge your season and what your day for your race is just based upon, you know, how fast you ran. And they've, they've done a good job of uh, continuing to try to decrease their time. You've got a couple of young teams here. Only one senior for the men. That's Alex Otreras. What kind of leadership has he provided these younger Jets? Uh, we call him Grandpa, and he's um, he's actually, you know, he's my student assistant coach. Um, really? So he's kind of a player assistant? <clears throat> he, I mean, I, I count on him for a lot. I help. He helps me with, you know, workouts. You know, it's, it's good to bounce things off like, hey, how are you feeling today? Do we – can we can we push it this week with you know let's run six repeat miles at you know five minutes and ten seconds or do we need to only cut back and run five how are you guys feeling today and he kind of gives me that because as a runner you know there's a point of negative returns you you keep going you keep going you're gonna you know create injuries or it's gonna take you longer to recover for the next workout or whatever so it's been really good to have his experience and I knew I could count on him for that and uh, the the fellows really look up to him. Uh, they call him Noodles and Grandpa, and that's <laughs> that's just uh, that's been great to have a, um, a school record holder on our team and be able to be the leaders for such a great group of young freshmen. Well, and speaking of record, I know you've got a freshman, Asher Brown, who has been kind of setting some records of his own, and he was featured on this week's Jet Insider, which you can find at NewmanJets.com and also find on the Newman U- University Athletics uh, YouTube channel. That'll be on there, and that just dropped uh, a couple of days ago as you're watching this video for the JetCast. So check that out after you get done with this, and you'll see yet another cross country runner that's been featured here recently and boy what a season he's having what's made him so successful early on in his jet career you know um asher was a kid that came from a very small program remington high school uh he was a state champ in track uh he was an all-state runner for cross country um he he came and and usually the the schools that don't have a lot of people to run with you're always uh, excited to get them because they get in that group of, of men that's, uh, you know, as fast as them or faster, and they're just going to push themselves and naturally come up there to them. But he ran a lot with Austin Fullerton, and I give a lot of credit 
to Austin. He he increased his mileage from you know 42, 45 miles a week uh, last summer, and he pushed it up to he was running 55, 65 miles a week in the summer, um, and really prepared himself. And it's showing for him. He ran a 40-second PR at uh, Fort Hay State, but um, it, it just you know it's really exciting to see Asher running such fast times. He, his first meet ever. Uh, he broke our four-mile school record. We have a school mile record for a 5K for men, for 6K for men, for four miles for men, for 8K for men, and 10K for men. So we have two record holders currently on our team. So that's uh, that's pretty unique and, and cool to be able to have that. But Asher's done a, a great job, and um, he stayed humble throughout. And, um, you know, it, it always helps to have a freshman I can – give the upperclassmen, you're going to let this freshman beat you today, let's go. You know, it brings sure. everybody up in, in their level. He also became uh, the fastest freshman in the 8K history, ran 25-56 at Fort Hayes, which is the wow. fastest time ever recorded by a freshman at Newman, too. So that's exciting. Yeah, it certainly bodes well for the future. And somebody else who has been here for a while but still is actually pretty young when you look at her eligibility is going to be our next guest on the show, Caroline Williams, and had a chance to engage with her before we got you on to record this. And, boy, what an engaging young lady she is, is a Newman ambassador. You're going to hear from her in a second, so she helps represent the university. But really great to talk to. And on a team that has no seniors, your women's team, you kind of need some of the younger players to step up. And I know that you were telling me as we we're getting this set up that she's been one of those that's really stepped up her leadership factor this year. What makes her unique and special and what attributes does she bring to the team? If you were going <clears> to <throat> design a poster and put a poster child on board for Newman, uh, I can't think of a better one than Caroline Williams. She's everything that we'd want. She's a great student, comes from a good family, um, has very good goals, cares about what she's doing, cares about uh, Newman University, and uh, that's that's really all you can ask for. But she she's done a good job. She was a <clears throat> softball player and cross-country runner, and then she uh, decided she was just going to focus on cross-country this year, and it's shown she's become much more consistent of a runner. Uh, she's come within a couple seconds of her best time ever already this year, so uh, she's hoping she can complete that. And uh, moving into the 6K for women has always kind of been – a quote-unquote scary thing for them because it's a further distance, but I feel like uh, she's more prepared this year than she has been in the past. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that, moving to a different distance, and I know that the NCAAs are going to be at that longer distance <clears throat> as well for the regionals. Why do they do that? You're more in the know about the sport than I am, but it, it seems a little odd to me that you would run the rest of the season at one distance and then for the two biggest events of the year. And obviously for the MIAAs, you can understand why the association would want to do that because you want to have those runners used to the 6K that they're going to have at the NCAAs. But why aren't there more at that distance during the year other than the MIAAs and the NCAA regionals? Well, it's funny because the men run 10K at regionals, but we run 8K at MIAA, <clears throat> and the women run 6K at both. So That's interesting. The logic of, hey, we need to do it before the NCAAs kind of goes out the window because you're not doing it for the men. It but does. I think the original reason that they increased it both for men and women was just to kind of thin out the herd, so to speak, because there was so many kids in the 5K and the 8K that were coming in at that one difference. They wanted to go longer to separate those kids uh, from that, but... Um, I, I would prefer both running just 5K, 8K, but nobody asked me. So um, <laughs> I'm asking. Yeah. But, <clears throat> you know, we, we deal with it. We prepare them. Uh, this year we, we started three weeks ago increasing our miles and our volume and our interval set so that the women are more prepared for that 6K. 
and, and the men we've always kind of been training for the longer the longer haul with that and uh, we'll, we'll reevaluate after conference and see who we think is ready to, to go and compete at that NCAA regional and and kind of go from there I, I think we would have a few that would be able to go and compete and make that uh, make that trip to Missouri Southern again but uh, uh, the 6k is just a kind of a weird distance it's like 3.79 or 3.81 and it's just um, it's just something that you're not used to doing yeah it's it's, it's weird being in you know a, a I guess an imperial unit country and we think of everything in miles, mm -hmm. but that's not what the distances are run at. MIAA, obviously one of the best, if not the best division two conference in the country. Give us some of the women's and men's teams that you think are going to be the biggest factors at this event coming up on Saturday. Yeah. Uh, Northwest Missouri state men are really good. The, uh, you know, all, all the men's team on the men's side are very, very close together in what they do. The Central Missouri State women uh, we've raced against, and they're a very talented, good team. But uh, like you said, it, it's just the who's who's of, of that. You sure. look at the regional rankings, and it's it's uh, it's 90%, you know, Division II MIAA team. So, um, you know, we're, we're taking it as though we just have to, you know, be the best that we can be and – um, run the best times that we can do. And if we can run at or faster than our best times, then everything else will just kind of take care of itself. So we've really focused in. In years past, we've dissected teams and what place this person's going to get in there. Where's their fifth? Where's our fifth? But this year we've kind of taken a different approach and just looked at it as, hey, what do I need to do to run my fastest time? And then everything else will, will take care of itself. Last question for you. What are your team expectations coming up at the MIAAs for the men and the women? And how many do you think that you could take to NCAAs <coughs> in a couple of weeks? Uh, on the women's side, I think that uh, our, our goal is just to have, you know, every girl run their fastest time at the 6K and, and coming in. And, and if that ends up getting 11th grade, if it ends up getting 14th, then that's just the way, the way that it is. But um, you know, John Wooden once say the only way to make the team better is to make yourself better. Sure. So we can concentrate just on every little person and, and um, making sure that they understand that the other six girls on the team are relying on them to do their best and do that. Uh, I think the women's place and, and times will uh, take care of itself. But the men, um, our, our biggest struggle this year has just been consistency at the four, five, and six. We've got three with Asher, Austin, and, and Alex. Uh, it's just been a matter of consistency with our number four, five, and six between uh, Ezekiel and Braden and Gio and uh, Jesus Alvarez. So, um, you know, we just we just have to make sure that, uh, you know, those men are all understanding that it's going to take, you know, everyone in that top seven to step up and, and run their best race. And if we do that, then there's some teams out there that we can definitely beat. Uh, and, and Kevin Chamalmal is right in there too. He's run really, really well a couple of meets, and he's run, he's struggled a couple of meets. And if we can have him and and Giovanni both run their best races, we know what we're going to get from the top. And um, if those two guys can come through along with those others that I mentioned, then we have a chance to to beat some teams that uh, you know weren't counting on us to beat them. Cross country coach Josh Shepis once again. The MIAA championships be hosted up in Nebraska on Saturday. Have a safe trip and good luck to you and the Jets. Thank you. Appreciate it. You're not going to want to miss our next segment. You're really going to enjoy her, I think. Caroline Williams, a sophomore from Dodge City, is coming up next on the Jetcast. Hey, boss, the backhoe was stolen from the Valley job. Great. And our computers were hacked last night, and they got some of our clients' information. Seriously? And your wife called. She said the dead tree you were supposed to tear down fell on your neighbor's roof. Ah, uh, 
What am I going to do? I'd call Eck Agency. They're great at providing insurance solutions to protect your business, work comp, home, and autos before these things happen. Call or text Eck Agency at 316-303-1905 or visit eckagency.com. Hey boss, the backhoe was stolen from the valley job. Great. And our computers were hacked last night and they got some of our clients' information. Seriously? And your wife called. She said the dead tree you were supposed to tear down fell on your neighbor's roof. Ah, what am I going to do? I'd call Eck Agency. They're great at providing insurance solutions to protect your business, work comp, home, and autos before these things happen. Call or text Eck Agency at 316-303-1905 or visit eckagency.com. Sticking with cross country, you're really going to enjoy my next guest. She is a local Kansas product from Dodge City, Kansas, Caroline Williams. I started my conversation with her about the difficulties of last year and transitioning to a more normal schedule this season. Just because we didn't get to go to any MIAA races or anything, we were just going to local community college races. So it was really hard not getting the whole team aspect going on. We had to kind of run individually, and even though it's an individual sport, it's a team sport too. So so when you talk about recruiting in a lot of sports, I think people understand that the players do help with recruiting, but is it different in cross country, and what do you feel like your role is in recruiting new Jets to come and join the team? Um, for right now, I think my role is trying to show – the recruits that we're a true team and we're a family and we're people that you can trust and be a part of when you join the Jets. So, and I'm actually, I have the ability to give tours. I'm a student ambassador. So Shepis has kind of relied on me a lot to give tours and show the girls that not only do I run, but I'm also a good person. I'm a good role model. And so I feel like not only running a good time and showing them that we can compete in the MIAA, but also showing them that we're a true family and we can have fun outside of the sport. What brought you into trying to represent Newman University, not just on the athletic field of competition, but also kind of representing this side of the university too and, and trying to get people here to Wichita and, and kind of, I guess, sharing the, the Catholic education mission that Newman University has as a whole. What, what drove you to want to be a part of that? Um, so I'm a biology major and I plan to go to dental school. So at first I was like, oh, this will be good to have on my resume. Sure. But I also really enjoy talking to people. So when they said that I could give tours of the school, I was like, that's perfect. I already love the campus and I love the atmosphere here. So getting to talk to people and bring them to enjoy and have the same college experience that I have was it's just so much fun. It's not even a job to me. So when you were asked to do this, Obviously, the answer was yes, because you love to talk, right? Yes. <laughs> Is, has the broadcasting side been something you've ever thought about or contemplated? Um, I thought about it. It's been kind of fun. Uh, when I lived in Dodge, I did some segments on the radio with Sean Boston. Sure. And it was always tons of fun. So I've thought about it for sure, but I'm more into the science stuff. So Understandable. I've never taken it seriously. I will say a shout out to Sean Boston, a, a fellow former voice of the Golden Eagles, and also um, – there's a lot more money in what you're doing than, than in being on the radio. Just I'm just throwing that out there as well. Um, we talked about the Fort Hayes State Tiger Open with Coach Shepis, um, and I know that you had been coming off a really strong performance the last time out at Emporia State, and he. I know that you had mentioned before we started talking here that you were a little bit disappointed in your time. 
obviously you want to do better each and every time if you can, but that's just not realistic. Right. How do you try to mentally manage when you're running and you miss your goal by a couple of seconds? Obviously, you've got to try to put that in the back and, and go forward to your next race. But how do you try to mentally move on from a time that maybe isn't quite what you were hoping for? Um, I just have to remember that I'm doing things that not a lot of other people can do. And even though I'm not competing to what I think is the best of my ability, I'm still doing things that not a lot of other people can do. And so I just tell myself that if I, I just keep working hard, I'll have a good race. And when I look back, when I'm done with college and done with running, I'll be so happy that I was able to continue racing, even if it wasn't what I thought was good at the time. Well, not only that, but you were coming off a really good time at Emporia State, 41st, and you were two seconds off of your personal best. What was working for you there at that event? Um, I think the support of Shepis. We got to talk about what I needed for my specific mile times, what I needed to hit every mile marker and every 1,000-kilometer marker, every one-kilometer marker, sorry. And so... Having him there, my mom was there, and the our assistant coach was there at every marker being able to tell me, like, you're doing good, you're hitting your times, you need to keep going, and you can't just slow down because you're hitting your times, you need to keep going fast. That was super helpful to me. I really need that communication every marker to help me tell. tell How me important do you feel like that communication is with you and, and Coach Shepis, not just when you're on the track, but when you're training as well? Super important. Um, he needs to know, like, what I like to hear versus what other people like to hear. He can't tell me certain things that aren't going to help me. And I need to tell him how I'm feeling in the last mile and what's going to help me. So it's, it's big. We talk about it a lot at practice. It seems odd because, you know, it, you're in cross country. And I think a lot of people probably think, well, I mean, you, you, there's obviously not that there's no preparation because you obviously have to be running and, and do a lot of an awful lot of cardio and miles during the week to get ready or else, you know, you would show up like me and you'd have to get ambulanced off. But I don't know if people really understand the level of communication that you're detailing here with your coach. Is there, a, do you guys communicate with each other as teammates when you're on the course or is that something that's really just between you and coach and how important is that communication to your success um I've been lucky this year I get to run with Megan and Emily we all run together during the races so I know where I need to be and based off of that I can kind of look back and I can see my teammates there and if I know that they need to be with me I get to kind of make those hand motions like get up here I know you're tired but we need to run together so as little as I can communicate, obviously, because I can't even breathe, I get to <laughs> yeah. communicate that way because we're able to run together. Now, you're just a sophomore, but this is a pretty young group. So there's there's it's mostly underclassmen. Mm -hmm. So you're maybe being called upon to be a leader on this team, maybe a year two, maybe three years earlier than maybe you would on average. What's that been like for you to step up into a leadership role so early in your collegiate career? Um, well, I'm a junior academically, so it's my third year running, but last year... Obviously, last year didn't, didn't, count. didn't count. Right. Um, but I think I've kind of been put into the same situation in high school for my other sports that I did, and I was a young leader on my high school cross-country team, and I just feel like I, I love talking, and I have a big voice, and so it's easier for me to become a leader, and I love being a good role model for the younger kids that are coming in. Like I said, we talked about... Um, so it just kind of comes naturally for me to want to lead everybody to do 
what they can to be successful. MIAA championships are coming up in Kearney on Saturday. What are your team goals uh, on the women's side for the MIAA championships? Um, our goal right now is for everybody to just get their own individual PR and hit the mile times that they've been wanting to hit all season. Um, it's a little bit different that it is a 6K, so our mile times need to be slowed down a little bit. So I think it's hard to mentally prepare. Like my first mile needs to be slower than what I would normally run. So it's mostly a mental game for us thinking about Do you norm Is it normally 5Ks? Is that the normal mm -hmm. distance? How big of a mental adjustment? And then obviously I'm sure when you get to that 5K marker, you're like, oh, I'm no, no, wait. I still got a whole nother K to run. Yeah. Um, how do you mentally, you know, kind of gauge differently when you're having to run this different distance. This is the only time you, you run this distance this year? We run a 6K for the next race, too, for regionals. Okay, so you've got two 6Ks, but other than that, it's 5Ks. What's that like in the two biggest races of the year to have to change and kind of change your strategy and, and change how you're breathing, change your running patterns? Um, it's, it's pretty difficult knowing, like I said, that we need to slow down our mile times, um, but it's definitely a mental challenge, like you said, getting to that 5K mark, but... I just like to think like everybody's as tired as I am. Everybody's running their first 6K of the season. And all I have to do is just finish the race and do what I can do and hit my best time. And I just, I just keep going. <laughs> Final question for you. Uh, what's your personal goal for the MIAA championships? Um, I would say overall, I don't necessarily have a time goal for myself. I'd have to look at my PR. We only run one or two 6Ks per year. So I'd have to look at my time goal. Um, but really, I just want to get over my my mental hump of making it through that 5K mark and being able to still continue going fast at the same pace that I want to. I, I think I would be remiss and President Jagger would probably have me removed if I didn't give you the opportunity as a student ambassador. Give a quick however long you want. I mean, I'm not really on the clock here. Someone who is watching here, maybe a prospective athlete, maybe it's a parent of an athlete. Give them, in your own words to the camera, why they should consider Newman University to be a possibility for them for study. Maybe they want to be a student athlete, become a Jet just like you, or you know, maybe it's a graduate student who's trying, wanting to come in, somebody in Wichita who hasn't considered Newman before. What should they think about? What should they know about Newman when they're trying to make that college decision? Um, I think Newman, for me, it was a great decision to come here. It's a lot of a smaller campus. Um, it might not be as attractive to some people being a smaller campus, but for me, being able to have the professors one-on-one -on -one interaction, they can help you through whatever you need help with. They can go out of their way, and they will, to help you be successful. Um, Newman gives me the opportunity to be a student and athlete, um, president of organizations, and like I said, a student ambassador. So not only am I getting paid to do something that I love, giving people tours, um, but I'm also getting paid in a sense to learn what I want to learn to be successful in the future and run. And I love running. And so Newman's giving me the opportunity to do everything that I want to do close to home and with the interaction that I need with my teachers and my peers. You know, there are people who, who take years to learn how to talk to the camera as well as you just did on your first try. So that, that to me is absolutely amazing. Caroline Williams, sophomore from Dodge City. The Jets are going to be in action. MIAA championships coming up in Kearney on Saturday. Uh, you rock this out. Thanks so much, and good, best of luck to you this weekend. Thank you. Thank you for having me. We're going to wrap things up with tennis. We're talking with the tennis director here at NU when we come back on the JetCast. 
Hi friends, Phil Nightingale, General Manager of Mel Hamilton Ford. Are you looking for a dependable used car, truck, or SUV? Nissan, Jeep, Hyundai, Toyota, not just Fords. Let us help find you the right vehicle to fit your budget. Check us out online at mhford.com or come see us in person at the Big Horn of 119th and West Kellogg. When it's time for your family to purchase their next vehicle, choose us, Mel Hamilton Ford. Let us show you how easy it is to purchase your next vehicle. Mel Hamilton Ford, taking care of customers since 1984. Experience the difference. We are wrapping up our JetCast this week, headed to the tennis court. It's kind of appropriate. The Jet Racketeers just put a bow on their spring season at the Tabor Invite. Shella Augsburger in her 16th year as the director of tennis here at Newman University. Always fantastic to have you aboard the program. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Well, obviously, uh, you guys aren't done. It kind of feels like you're done for a while, but you guys will still have a spring season coming up. And obviously, when you're going on a long recess like this, it's always good to have a little positive momentum from a good performance in your last event in the fall. Do you feel like the men and women got that at the Tabor Invite before this long break? Oh, I sure do. I think... um, The problem with now is like we're just getting going. Like we're just starting and they're starting to get everything that we've been working on in practice and then we have to stop. But we'll still continue to work on weights and individuals. So I I, I feel very good about going into the spring season. Do you feel like the sport and maybe the players would benefit from having some sort of an indoor season that that play could continue professionally, obviously, because of the worldwide scope of the ATP and the WTA. When it gets cold here, they'll just go play in, you know, Morocco or somewhere <laughs> where it's warm. You know, they'll, they'll figure it out. Um, they just were playing. I think Western and Southern was last week in California. So there's always a place they can play. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like collegiate tennis would be better if there were more opportunities to play year round and you know from september to i guess february when or march whenever you guys start to pick things up again well there is an indoor season sure. and it does start well it's november december january so there is an indoor um some of the d division two teams do play in it a lot most of the d ones do um we just haven't because a lot of my kids go home over break sure um and and after the fall season a lot of them need the break just to recover uh from injuries or um I don't know. Part of that is because you've always been, since you've been here, at least since I've been here, you've always been very worldwide with your scope. You get a lot of international kids. So does that have more to do do with it, trying to get them home and making sure that they can get some time with their families over the holidays and over their break? Yes, especially the last couple of years with the COVID. Oh, sure. It's kind of messed up a couple, you know, the seasons. But um, I think it's better for them to get a break so they can recover and it's such a grueling sport anyway and their bodies need that break so they get it over the summer and then um i think they need it and there's a lot going on with the holidays and finals and everything so i think i i'm glad that we don't but there are tournaments and things for them to do in their country and there's tournaments here that they can go play in so how has this season been in terms of protocols compared to last season with everything that you guys had to go through last year in terms of, of competition and, and, you know, working out and not being allowed to do, you know, so many things. Whereas it seems at least from the outside looking in that things are mostly back to normal. Is that actually true? And how much of a change is it from the 2020 season, which was obviously, you know, as restricted as it's been probably since you've been the head coach. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, th- I feel like this fall was 
the first time in two years that we had a normal fall. And some of my players, it was a shock because they weren't used to <laughs> how hard the fall was and how busy it was in 45 days to get all the matches and competitions. And so I think they, they were surprised how difficult the fall is, but they hadn't really gone through a normal fall for tennis. But everything else, is, I mean, we still get tested for COVID once, you know, once a week. Um, most of the kids are vaccinated, so we haven't really had too much problem. Everything's open. The tournaments that we haven't had in two years are, are, were they were having them this year. So it was kind of it was good to kind of be back to normal. And I know that President Jagger said at a community meeting uh, recently that there had only been, I think, nine coronavirus infections on the entire schools, which is obviously for a school this size. That's fantastic news that the mitigation is working, the vaccination is working. So that's obviously good news and good news for us in the sports business because mm-hmm. the things that we love to cover and watch and go and uh, for the kids to perform. Um, I don't know if there's been a single uh, coronavirus stoppage this year for Newman. I mean, gosh, we sure hope that that can continues yeah i don't think there has been i don't think anybody's rescheduled i know we i don't think not we even for you had, we didn't even have any individuals like when we because this is all and none of your opponents either Mm-mm, not so, that i know of, obviously yeah. really good news and one of those former opponents not sure if you got to see any of the shockers but i know previously you had played at the wichita state invite a couple of weeks ago what was that competition level like against uh, wichita state and maybe some other d1 schools well it was good the boys it started out to be the same tournament for the girls and the boys, and then the boys, they changed it. Um, so the boys were, it was more open. The girls, they we played more of a team event where we played Wichita State, and then we played Barton. Um, so that was good because it was a normal match type sure. situation for the girls. And then the boys played three days of just if they beat somebody, they moved on, and that was good too. So it was really nice having that level of competition on both sides. And I, th- I think we did well, and it was nice to be home instead of having to travel and um, they could go home when they were finished and sleep in their own bed and that kind of stuff. So it was it was really nice. It was good. It's a good experience for us. Well, let's take a look at these two teams, women's singles and doubles. Give us some of the leaders that you've seen on the single side, double side on the ladies, and then we'll go to the men's side and get some of those leaders that have been uh, scoring some points for you in matches this year. So with the ladies, who have been some of your leading singles players and who's your best doubles team so far in the fall season? Well, we mixed them up. Every tournament, we had a different doubles team. And I think I have we have at least eight or nine girls that can all play with each other. Is that, is that something you want to do in the fall to try to give yourself an idea of what you need to do in the spring? Well, normally, we kind of already have it figured out. But I think there's eight to nine people who could fight for any of those spots. And that's what's going to be really nice because if we have any injuries or anything, the way I like to do it is – at least to have one person be able to play with two or three different people in case we have to mix up the lineup, that it's not them just walking out there playing with somebody for the first time, especially in doubles. Um, We don't really have any set teams yet. I've got a few that are starting to look pretty good. The singles... We only graduated one girl, Emily Young, So, and we brought in four. And Emily was a good player for you last year. She was good. Um, We miss her very much. Um, I brought in two transfers, and then I have two new freshmen, and they're probably all going to see the top of the lineup. So I think it'll be really nice. Everybody's going to be fighting for, for spots. But How important is solid. that to bring in transfers? Because I know you've got some upperclassmen that are back. Obviously, when you are the upperclassmen, when you're the junior and senior, you kind of expect that you're going to play. However, uh, in order to compete in a league like the MIAA, how nice is it to have transfers to come in and freshmen to come in and push those 
older players along and everybody kind of has to get better just to play the higher number one, number two, number three ranks on their team, much mm-hmm. less try to beat the tough MIAA competition that they'll be facing this spring. Mm-hmm. It's, it's very tough, but I think they're doing, that's what they're doing in practice is pushing each other. And I think they're all have, I think with the girls, I've got to the point where they understand that the top six will play that week. Um, and then the next week, it goes back to whoever's the top six the next week. It, it's going to be week by week. And I'm going to, I hope, and I think that the way it's going to work is I can play everybody. Like when somebody might play just doubles one match, and then somebody might play both. And then the next match, they might just play singles. So I, I think I can use most of the girls all the time, which is going to be nice. So I guess you wanna, if you yeah. want to keep your spot, you better keep performing, <laughs> yes. is what she's saying, which is probably what all the coaches are saying. Uh, the, on the men's side, do you feel like it's quite as big of a jumble in terms of the teams, or do you feel like you have a better idea of where the men are at at this point? Oh, I think it's even more up in the air. Really? Because um, we had so many graduate last year. You and did. I have... Um, I think I have seven new guys on the team. Wow. I only have four returners. What's the biggest challenge when you have so many new guys when you're a coach and trying to put together the lineup on the doubles and the single side that's going to generate the most points to, to try to give the team the most wins? Well, it's trying to figure out, well, for them to trust me and for me to get to know them um, so I can figure out how to coach them. That's what the fall is. A lot of it's for is to try and see what it is that we need to work on to to get them to a different level, um, to get some combinations together, to see you know the the teams that match up and um, mostly it's just to trust me that I want this for them. That's a lot of it because some of them come from programs where it wasn't such a good situation. Sure, um, and that I really do care about them and that I want them to get better um, and. and they have to start trusting each other too. And when there's so many of them from all over the place, all different countries and all different places, they have to learn to trust each other. So that's right now in the fall, that's what my biggest thing is with them is to get them to trust each other and that that this is a good place for them and that that we, we have a good shot at. Schedule already the, set for the spring? Yep, yep. How tough is this MIAA competition going to be on the men's and women's well, side? Well, it's going to be really tough. Uh, ITA regionals, individuals were this weekend, and we had a lot of players that went on to the national tournament that are from our region, mm-hmm. so in our conference. Um, but we got to see them two weeks ago at regionals. Sure. And I, th- I think we'll be, we'll be, we'll be right, right there. Right there, yep. right in the hunt. That's all you can ask for. So. Yeah. Well, final question. I know that we're going to be having you back on. We're going to get uh, some tennis players uh, after the break. Now, once they come back from, from their, uh, their, I don't know what you call this mid-season break, but from the, the mid-season when they come back in the spring, we'll be getting some of those Jets tennis players on in a future edition of the JetCast. Uh, what are your goals for both squads? Where do you want them to be after the break? And where do you think they can be by the end of the year the goal always is to get to the conference tournament i am we just missed it on the girls side but they also cut two teams so probably would have made it if it had been had it been the normal normal year yes and then this year i think we'll be stronger i'm i I think we're a lot stronger than we were last year some of the other teams have gotten stronger too of course Um, but i think i think we'll be in there and i think the first goal is to get to the conference tournament back to normal in terms of how many teams will be invited yes Yes. and then men 
chance to get to the tournament? We were third last year, and they only took two. So this wow, year. Wow, so you guys got cut both ways there. Mm -hmm, on Ow, both sides. Brutal. <laughs> but um, and the, on the men's side, they added Augustana into the men's conference. Oh, okay, as so, an affiliate member. Yes, sure. and they're a pretty strong team. So um, Yeah, a team out of South Dakota that I believe is trying to go Division One in yes. most of their other sports. So uh, I know that they have been searching for a conference home, and that's uh, not been going so well for Augustana. But that gives you an idea of the level of emphasis that they place on athletics. So that won't be an easy, easy add to the no. association at all. No, and they put them on the MIAA side because they share that uh, conference with the GAC. So it'll be tough on the men's, but I think we're stronger. And I haven't seen too many of the Augustana players, but um, they're always good. And at the top of their conference. so She's been here for 18 years. 18 years. Shella <laughs> Augsburger, Director of Tennis here at Newman University. Shella, thank you so much thank for the time. Thank you for having me. <laughs> that is our show for this week. Be back and we're going to be starting to talk fall into winter sports. Yes, basketball previews are going to be coming up here next week on the JetCast. So until then, Blake Cripp saying go Jets.